Deaconess Tansy, and I'd like to welcome you to Liberty Christian Church International, where our church motto states, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If there's anything we can do to make a better worship experience for you, reach out to us at www.lccimd.org. We'd love to hear from you. And again, welcome.
God bless you, Liberty, and thank you for joining us today. The word of the Lord says that it is a good thing to give thanks unto the name of the Lord and to sing praises unto his name, O Most High. This is our call to worship. David said in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Let's go into worship. Abba, Father, we worship you. We magnify you. We lift our hands and exalt you. Hosanna. Blessed be the rock of our salvation. It is you that have made us glad. It is you that have delivered us. It is you that have saved us. It is you that have set us free. It is you that we worship. It is you that we magnify. It is you that we glorify with uplifted hands today. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Heaven and earth bows before you. The angels cry, holy, holy is the Lord who is and which is and which is to come. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I just feel worship in my spirit. Hallelujah in the highest. Father God, we give you the glory. We give them a wave offering right now. Come on, give them a wave offering. Hallelujah. And regardless of what we are dealing with and regardless of what we are going through, regardless of what's going on in our society, we give you glory. Your worship is not relegated on what's going on in the earth. You are still worthy. You are still lifted up. You are still highly praised and glorified today. Let's move into prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy for our mornings uprising for life, health, and strength. We declare from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same that your name is worthy to be praised. We decree and declare that sicknesses are dried up. We bind the hand of cancer we bind the hand of sugar, diabetes, and high blood pressure. We decree and declare the glory of the Lord to arrest someone's sickness right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I praise you now and I decree and declare the prophetic move for the prophetic voice and the prophetic mantle to hit this world in the name of Jesus. Bring forth revival. You said in your words, in, the, in your word, that in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. We pray now that those sons and daughters will be brought forth. We pray that you would bring those intercessors forth. Bring forth those wailing women. Bring forth those men of valor. In the name of Jesus, standing in the gap and making up the hedge for this world and for this country. I pray now that the blessing of the Lord that maketh us rich and addeth no sorrow would be abundant in our lives today. We pray for the yoke destroying, burden removing power of God, oh God, to be released in our midst from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet. You that have begun a good work in us shall complete it even until the day of Jesus Christ. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into that place and are safe. Every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I pray for everybody who's zoomed in and who's linked in via social media right now that you would touch their lives, that you would touch their families, that you would touch their circle. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are ending the bad cycle of defeat, that you are ending the bad cycle of depression, that you are ending the bad cycle of hurt. 
bitterness, pain, grief, and depression in the name of Jesus, that you are releasing love, that you are releasing kindness, that you are releasing joy, that you are releasing abundance, that you are releasing an overflow, send an encounter with your spirit. Give us an encounter with your glory. Give us an encounter with your power. Give us an encounter with your strength. We lean in now and we pray that the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost would touch us right now and be tangible in our lives, tangible in our mouths, tangible in our testimony. I thank you that somebody who's dealing with a test would come out of that test with a powerful testimony in the name of Jesus. We serve notice on the enemy that he is a defeated foe, that he is a liar. We pull down the strongholds, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We begin to pull those strongholds of racism down, those strongholds of oppression down, those strongholds of sickness down, those strongholds of foul thinking and foul thoughts down in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, pray that your blessing over the service today. Bless every aspect of the service from the praise and worship to the taught word of God that you would get the glory out of every part of this day and not only in the service but in our lives. Have your way in our lives. We thank you that we are being led by the Spirit, that we are being taught by the Spirit, that we are being, oh God, elevated by the Spirit into our next season, into our next level, into the paradigm shift, into that next dimension in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Father, we give you praise, honor, and glory for it. It is in Jesus' name that we do thank you for it, and we seal it now with a praise. Come on, let's praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to your name. We bless you a lot. Hallelujah, we bless you loud, and we bless you high. You are lifted up in our mouths. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Stay tuned for more ministry. Come on, let's get into the posture of just being thankful. God, we thank you for just waking us up this morning and starting us on our way, God. Thank you for giving us a mind to come and worship you, God. God, we thank you just for being God alone. Thank you. 
this is what I'm most grateful for. You say
such a great God. You're such a great God. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being a great God. Hallelujah. As Psalms 81 says, O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set your glory above the
said let's make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the land and as we begin this portion of our service as we get ready to get into the word I invite you to grab hold of whoever's there with you in your home whoever's there with you wherever you may be this morning we come together in a in a normal fashion that we have been at for the last 90 days a time where we have been able to be comfortable in our homes and pull out a cell phone pull out your tv load it up on facebook load it up on websites or whatever it may be and begin to worship but this morning i want you to do something different for me i want you to make your your home that space that you're in whether it's your bedroom whether it's your living room, whether it's your dining room, wherever you may be at right now. I want you to go in so hard right now in prayer that that becomes your sanctuary. The sanctuary of the Most High. Because as we prepare our hearts and minds for the Word, we want to make the atmosphere conducive for an experience with the Holy Spirit. So wherever you are, wherever you may be right now, I'm asking you to stop what you're doing and close your eyes, bow your head, grab hold of somebody that's with you as we go, as we go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, God, for this time. We thank you, God, for this opportunity. We thank you, God, for you being Jehovah. And God, as we prepare our hearts and minds for the word, as we prepare to receive what thus saith the Lord, we ask you right now, God, to enter into our homes. Allow your spirit to have full reign. Allow your spirit to have full dominion. There's somebody this morning that needs an experience with you. There's somebody this morning that needs healing from you. There's somebody this morning that needs deliverance from you so God on this morning we're asking you to be Jehovah Jireh our provider provide us with the means and the resources to draw closer to you God provide us with the mindset the understanding that you are Alpha and Omega our beginning and our end Give us an understanding and a, a yearning and a desire, Lord, to seek after you wholeheartedly. Your word declares that as the deer pants after the water, so does our soul yearn for thee. God, as we deal with all types of situations across this world, as we deal with all types of issues right here at home, as we deal with COVID-19, as we deal with the riots and the racism and the systemic racism that's being uh, pro propagated right now. As we deal with these issues, God, we ask right now, God, for you to send your Holy Spirit that said it would lead God and comfort us. 
throughout life. God, right now in this morning, I ask you to hide me, your servant behind your cross. So that people will see none of me, but they will see all of thee. We ask right now, God, that you open up hearts and minds for revelation and words. That you give us an experience like never before. And in return, God, we give you all glory, we give you all honor, and we give you all praise. It is in your son Jesus' name, the name that is above all other names, the name that is a strong tower, we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, lift up your Bibles, your cell phones, and whatever you may have. And let's make our Bible declaration and repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for your life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Scream this one. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear today, I'm going to leave here. I, I need you to say that. I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name, amen. Men, amen. This morning, as we continue with this series, Desire More, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down to the end of this series. I've, it's been an awesome series dealing with the Holy Spirit and how our lives are in a position to desire more from him. Uh, desiring more from him, desiring more of his anointing, desiring more of his favor, desiring more of his will for my life, desiring more of who he's called us to be. And as we head into the final stretch of this remarkable series, I'm somewhat inclined and curious to see who's truly been blessed and growing from the understanding of the Holy Spirit in your life. I, I don't just come and, and, and broadcast and we don't just have service just to give you a moment to shout and jump. But who is really being impacted by their newfound relationship and new understanding of the Holy Spirit? See, Desire More has taught us so far not to sit back and live a mediocre life. It's taught us that we have to be bigger than what the, what the enemy has told us we were, bigger than what society, society has said that we were, bigger than our current situations, bigger than our current troubles and our current problems. We have to get out of living a mediocre mindset. Not only that, it has taught us to grab hold of the, of the one who gave us power and allow him to have full control over our lives. Not, not just a part-time God, not just a part-time uh, uh, surrenderance to the Holy Spirit, but to give him full reign and full control over our lives. See, Desire More has taught us each week to challenge us and develop a consistent mindset to rely on things above and not things that are established in this world. Too often do we see things established in this world let go and run away. The Bible says that even money will fly away as an eagle. And we sort of put our mindset and our experiences in things that we can grab right here in the earth. But, but this day and this whole series has 
has designed to allow you to take control and have a full reign and let the spirit operate in your life. Somebody say Holy Spirit. See, so let me encourage you this morning that if you missed any part of this series, if you miss any part of this teaching, to go back and listen to the rest. Because I'm going to give you a quick overview of what we've talked about each and every last week. But, but, it's, but for you to grab the whole logistics of it, I need you to go back and, and visit our website. Or you may find it on Facebook, or you may find it on, on, on uh, Twitter or Periscope, or wherever you may be listening in from. But it's been an awesome series so far. And I'm just excited to where it's coming to today. And we're going to finish it off next week. But I'm just excited right now about what God's doing. See, so in week one, we discussed the spirit of God, which dealt with the person of the Holy Spirit. We dealt with who he was and, 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 and why and his place in the Trinity, his place in our lives, his place as who he is. We looked at scriptures from uh, 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 we looked at scriptures from John, the 14th chapter, looking at the 23rd to the 27th verse. And we dealt with who he was and is to be in our life. In week two, we took a bigger step and became empowered by the spirit. We became empowered by his word, by his favor, by his grace, by his mercy, and, begin, and beginning to be empowered by him. And we looked at 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, the first through the 18th verse. One thing about me that you will always know, and one thing about liberty, is that we are a church that's based on the word. So if it doesn't say it in the word, we won't teach it. If it's not propagated, because it's not about my opinion, but it's about the word of God. I don't align the word of God with my opinion. I, I, I put... I, I, I pray and I seek God so that what I'm hearing lines up with the word, not the other way around. But, but, but that's another topic for another day. But we must and, and identify that we learned about allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. That, that was part of being empowered by him, that he was able to lead us. Week three was an amazing week because that was Pentecost Sunday. And when we talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and we looked at Acts 2, and we talked about all the things that happened that day for the church, how, how they were all on one accord, how they all heard the word of God in their own language, how they all came together and built the kingdom, and how we can establish the church right now and how we don't have to look alike but we can hear the word and according to the way that God gives it to us to hear but it is the word of God and how he deposited his spirit and then last week and, and we, we dealt with being ambassadors for Christ but more importantly we, we looked at being spirit clothed somebody say spirit clothed our scripture and our text from there was from Galatians, the fifth chapter, looking at the 16th through the 23rd verse, where we dealt with uh, uh, the fruits of the spirit and how we should always look like those fruits on the inside. And if we look like them internally, then it should be resembled on the outside uh, in the way that we walk in the world. If we look like what, what we're filled with, if we look like what we've been given, if we look like how God has dealt with us with the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the patience, the temperance, the meekness, all these things, if we look like that on the inside as well as the outside, I believe that we could be in a much better place. Somebody say spirit clothed. And, and so that's one of the things I talked about last week and I dealt with last week, how, how it's like going and buying a new outfit. 
And when you put on that new outfit, you feel a certain way. But when we put on the spirit of God, we should look a certain way. We should feel brand new. We should feel empowered. We should be able to go out and declare the word of the Lord out to the masses. I told you last week that, that me personally, I'm an introvert. But when God clothed me and when God wrapped me up, I, I, it's something about standing here talking about the word of God that allows me to express it in a certain way. And there are many things that you have that, that God has given you with, with the fruit of the spirit that is pulling certain things out of you that you're not normally capable of doing. So that's where I want to deal with and get back to today. See, I don't th think there's a person under the sound of my voice that does not love gifts. Everybody loves that time of year when you get gifts, whether it's Christmas, whether it's your birthday, whether it's an anniversary, whether it's just a nice thing of flowers that you may get, whether it's whatever it may be. But everybody loves a gift because now for the believer, I need you to know that the Holy Spirit just doesn't come to take residence in your life. He comes and he brings gifts with him. These gifts are not just housewarming presents. You know, the housewarming presents, that nice little flower that you sit over in the corner, that housewarming present, that, that oven mittens that you may get to take stuff out the oven. But when the Holy Spirit comes in and he dwells on the inside of you, he brings gifts with him. And this morning, we're going to look at spirit gifts. that They're not the same thing as the fruits of the spirits, but spirit gifts are the things that God gives you to empower you to operate in the kingdom of of God for his will, for his purpose, and for his plan. Somebody say spirit gifts. Now let's look at scripture this morning because if you're going to accept the gift of the Holy Spirit, we must educate ourselves of the different functions. I'm, I'm going to teach this thing this morning and I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to teach this thing this morning. But let's look at the Bible this morning at 1 Corinthians the 12th chapter looking at the first through the 31st verse and I'm going to stop in between here as, as as I prepare as we go through this text and we're going to look at the first six verses this morning before I give you my first point this morning I want to uh, start at verse number one in first Corinthians the 12th chapter looking at the uh, first through the sixth verse it says this now concerning the spiritual gifts brethren I do not want you to be unaware you know that when you were pagan, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons, who works all things in all persons. And, and so this morning, I need you to identify and know, first and foremost, that by the Holy Spirit, you are gifted. You, you are gifted and you are able to understand that God has given you something on the inside of you when you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, when you accepted the Holy Spirit and were filled with the Holy Spirit, that there is something on the inside of you that was given to you as a gift so that you can function and operate in the kingdom of God. Now, what is a gift? And the, this word gift is defined as this, having great special talent or ability. 
having great special talent or ability. I know that a lot of us were born, and, and, and if you played sports, you were, you were blessed to be able to shoot the basketball. You were blessed to be able to, to throw the football, catch the football, block, defend, and all of these things. And those are great and wonderful gifts, but there are gifts that the Holy Spirit deposits into you so that you can function and work in the kingdom just as if you were playing a sport, just as if you were great on your job as an administrator, just as if you were a customer service rep and able to communicate with people. There are, there are gifts that God gives you and blesses you with to be able to advance the kingdom of God. Somebody say, I'm ready to accept my gift. I also want to give you the definition of this word as a noun. And I really like this definition because as a noun, it defi is defined as something given voluntarily without payment in return. It also is as to show favor towards someone, honor an occasion, or make a gesture of assistance. I know the first part about that that says good, that something given voluntarily without payment in return as to show favor towards us. Because God loves us so much that he's shown us favor and given us something that we cannot pay for. Given us something that we don't have enough in our bank account. We don't have enough saved up to repay him for the gifts that he's given us. The gifts that the Holy Spirit has deposited in us. But we don't have the resources to pay back for the these gifts, but but in return, God says, if I give you the gift, I want you to use the gift. I want you to bless somebody with the gift. I want you to be. Uh, I want you to be a kingdom ambassador. I want you to promote the kingdom. I want you to build the kingdom. I don't just want you to use it to prostitute this gift for your own self gratification or gratitude. Somebody say, my spirit gifts are for the kingdom building, not my advancement. But at the end of that definition, it said something that, I, that, that, that you may have missed. It said, honor an occasion or make a gesture of assistance. Honor an occasion. What was that occasion? That day that you got filled with the Holy Spirit, that day that you received Jesus Christ into your life. He honored you and honored your allegiance for, 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 for aligning yourself with the word of God, with the will of God and the purpose of God. And so by him honoring you, he gave you gifts. He said, once you receive me, once you take on my nature, once you take on my, once you receive the blood of Jesus that covers you, once you died with Jesus and rose with him again, once you received him as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to deposit something inside of you that's going to help you throughout this journey. The, the Holy Spirit is our God and our comforter. The Holy Spirit leads us into remembrance of all things. But in that mindset, he also gives us gifts to benefit the kingdom, to help extend the kingdom, to help build the borders of the kingdom, to help fortify the army of God, to help fortify things in the right way. The Holy Spirit drops and deposits in you something so miraculous, something so out of the ordinary that it changes the course of not only your life, but it should change the course of the people that you're around. This Holy Spirit, this gift that you get, this gift that you receive, it should be a gesture of assistance. 
a gesture of assistance to say what? God, I'm, I'm here. God, God saying that I'm not leaving you, nor am I forsaking you. I'm, I'm standing right here with you. I'll walk the journey with you. I'm going to empower you to call, to call those things that are not as though they were. I'm giving you the power to speak those things into your life. I'm giving you the power and the ability to change the course of what the enemy has already told you you should be but but my gift and my power and my anointing it touches you it builds it bonds it brings together a whole lot of things that i'm doing for you so now if you are gifted you got to understand what are you gifted by you're gifted by the spirit uh, the, the, the spirit can't you can't buy this gift you cannot sell this gift. And too many times when people receive the gifts of the spirit, they prostitute it out because they seem to think it was for their advancement. And no, it's not for your advancement. It's for the building of the kingdom of God. They exploit the gift. They, they take the gift and they charge this for the gift. Not, not saying that, that your gift are not worth honor, but they take it and they use it as a, as a bargaining tool to, to, to manipulate the people of God. Uh, I, I, I'm dealing with something this morning about being spirit gifted and, and being touched by the Holy Spirit that when you work and when you operate and when you build and when you grow that we have to have a mindset that it's not because of me that, the, uh, that this gift operates but it's because the Holy Spirit inside of me chose me to operate in this fashion. I'm just a conduit of the, of the blessing. I'm just a conduit of the purpose. I'm just a conduit of the spirit. I'm just the one one that holds on to it and God uses it as he pleases, not me. So I got to realize that the spirit, that I'm gifted by the spirit. Because if you're gifted by the enemy or if you're done for the enemy, the enemy will, con will constantly tell you that it's about you. That this gift is, it, 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 that, that you build this thing because of you. That, you, that you're the one that moves this thing forward. That you're the one that, that can have all the authority. That you're the one that has all the power. But I need you to be gifted by the spirit of the true and living God. The one who said, I gave my son to die for your sins. The one who said that you will be the head and not the tail. The one that said you will be above and not beneath. The one who said that even in spite of all that you're going through, I got a greater purpose for you. And when you come out of that that situation when you come out of that process when I got something so much greater for you because of this gift that's been inside of you this gift that's lying dormant this gift that people have tried to manipulate and use that you have this gift that I gave you so that you can draw other men into the kingdom of God. The Bible says in what? Matthew 28. To go into the world and make disciples of all men. Teaching them those things that you've seen and heard. Well the spirit allows you that ability to teach when you're not able to teach. The Spirit allows you that, that on that day of Pentecost to be able to speak and people that do not know the language of the word of God can hear and understand the word of God. This spirit 
spiritual gift that you have, this spiritual understanding from discernment to prophecy to a whole bunch of other things that we're going to get to this morning, this gift allows you to advance the kingdom of God. And if your mindset is not about advancing the kingdom of God, you in it for the wrong reason. You're doing it for the wrong reason. You're using it for the wrong reason. I'm just going to be bold and frank about it, that you're operating under a bastard spirit that does not connect you with the spirit of God. You're operating under your own selfish will and your selfish intentions. But I'm here to talk to you this morning really about being uh, gifted by the spirit. Somebody say I'm gifted by the spirit. Not only that, do, do we understand this, that you are connected to God, that the gifts of the spirit connects us to God's purpose for us in the body of Christ. What else does it do? It also establishes the unity between the believer of Christ. And you can't do everything by yourself. So you have to be connected. You can't run this race all alone. I know the race is not given to the swift nor the battle to the strong, but to he that endures. But this race is not a, a, a lonely race that you run by yourself when you're operating and functioning for the kingdom. See, you don't have all the gifts exclusively. Uh, I'm not the only person that has all that has uh, the gifts. God did not pour all the gifts into me. He gave me my assignment, but he also gave you your assignment. And he did that so that none of us would think too highly of the other, that I, I can't operate without somebody here that has the gift of administration. I can't operate without someone who has the gift of prayer. I can't operate all this by myself. Yes, I can pray. Yes, I'm anointed. Yes, God has given me a word out of my mouth, but that does not mean that I'm the only one who's able to do this. I'm not the only one that you can come to. I don't have a monarchy on preaching the gospel. So my gift is, and my gift has to connect with others so that we can build the body because we are all one body. I'm getting ahead of myself with my scripture this morning, but we are all one body in Christ. If the head works, so the so should the feet work. If the feet work, so should the hand work. If the hand works, so should the heart work. If all of these are connected and needed for very important missions in the kingdom of God. So where in hindsight, the enemy says to you, you don't need anyone else to do it. Handle everything by yourself. And oftentimes do we see this mindset because people have been hurt in church. People have been hurt in ministry. People have been hurt by people in the kingdom of God. And because people have been hurt, they sort of hold everything to themselves. But God said, that's not who I created you to be. That's not what I created you for. He said, I need you to step out and begin to connect the branches, connect the vine, because all of you are connected to me. I know that you've been hurt. I know that you've gone through pain. I know that you've gone through rejection. I know that you've gone through other things. And this gift that you have, so some people have tried to prostitute it. Some people have tried to use it for their own good, for their own gratification, for their own advancement. But God said, no, I did that. And when you a lot, when you saw that and went through it, I still had you in mind for me. Because what I need you to know is how to operate with your gift. Because if somebody else tried that with you, I don't want you trying that with somebody else. I want you to have learned and understood what my gift truly means for the kingdom. So now you must understand that you are connected. Why? Because God says this, I love you enough to know only my son 
in the flesh could embody all of the spiritual gifts at one time. Because he was me. He was me personified in the flesh. He had the ability. He was not born into sin. He was not shaped in iniquity. He was not. He did not have to go through the, uh, the, the lust of the flesh. Where a lot of times where these gifts will allow you to lose, see the lust of your flesh and, and distort it and be used for other things. But I need you to realize that I'm connecting you with like believers so that you can advance the kingdom. And not necessarily just like believers, but I'm connecting you with the body because the body has a function and yes you may be operating in your function but without the rest of the body you are just operating by yourself so now I'm spiritually gifting you and in scripture we're going to look at 1 Corinthians the 12th starting at the 7th verse for this because it says this but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for what the common good the common good not self good the common good, not for your own personal benefit. The common good. What is the common good? The advancement of the kingdom of God. What is the common good? To make disciples of all men. What is the common good? Not to just look at it and say, I'm only preaching the gospel to those that look like me. Not for those to say, I'm only preaching the gospel who, to those that act like me. Not, 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 not for your personal good, but for the common good. For those that look lower than low, for the for the downridden, for the homeless, for the broken, for the hurt, for the abused, for the neglected. I'm sending the gospel for their common good. I don't want you to sit up on a high horse and think that it's only for the rich. It's only for those who are writing out $10,000 tie checks. But for that person who has the two pennies, we are here with this gift for the manifestation of the spirit for the common good of the kingdom of God. The advancement of the kingdom of God. I'm preaching this morning. I'm, I, I don't think you're really getting me this morning. But, but verse number 8 says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. I want to park right there. The word of wisdom. This is something that a lot of people have been lacking in this season and in this age. The word of wisdom. You want to live a, a charismatic approach with the gospel, but don't want to study the gospel. Don't want to get deep into the gospel. Don't want to understand what the plan of God is in the gospel. But you would rather pro so that somebody can jump around and have an emotional experience with God and miss the wisdom of God because there is no substance. But he said one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. That means the spirit is giving utterance. The spirit is perfecting you. The spirit is teaching you. Yes, we learn theology. Yes, we go to school. Yes, we understand. But the spirit of God is the one who releases the wisdom and understanding into our life. He said for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and not Knowledge of the holy is understanding for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What the, the, that word fear is defined as the honor of God, the fear of the Lord, the honor of God is the beginning of wisdom. That means I don't put myself above God. I don't put the honor of myself above the honor of God. That means when God releases and reveals, I don't have to put my name behind it and what it says. No, if that's the word of God, that's the word of God. That's not the word of Pastor Thomas. That's the word of God. That's the spirit giving utterance. That's the spirit revealing. That's the spirit releasing to his babes what his plan is. For the wisdom, for, for, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit and to another the word of knowledge according to that same what? That same spirit. 
That same spirit of God, that same spirit that is releasing into your life is that same spirit that God is giving the word of knowledge, the understanding of his word. Wisdom, knowledge comes from education. (laughs) Knowledge is coming from experience. Knowledge is coming from being able to see what God's plan is in your life. What did Joseph say? Everything that the enemy meant for bad, my God meant it for good. Joseph had to go through experience. Joseph had to get the knowledge of certain things happening in his life. Why? Because it gave him greater wisdom when it came to the things of God. He didn't rely on man for his word. He didn't rely for man to do everything for him. We, we know the story of Joseph. He was sold because he had the vision. His brothers took him out. They didn't kill him. They put him in a pit and they sold him. But we also see that Joseph ended up in jail. We saw Joseph being promised stuff by others that were there with him. He came out. He revealed dreams. He, he, he defined dreams to certain kings and then got put back in jail. He, he came out again and, and then told the king what, his, what the prophecy was concerning the land. The Pharaoh, what the prophecy, what prophecy was concerning the land. But we see Joseph go through situation after situation and Joseph took the knowledge of what happened to him and he began to build the wisdom that God bestowed on him. Because for somebody to simply say what the enemy meant for bad, my God meant for good, that means he had to have a spiritual revelation of what he went through. When he saw his brothers, when they came to him for the grain, when he saw them, there was a spirit of wisdom that said, I'm not going to react to them. I'm not going to respond to them the way that I could, but I'm going to show love and compassion. And how many of us can say that we've had that same testimony with others in our life, that we showed love love and compassion when they hurt us. Then they showed love and compassion when they did certain things to us and when they came back and needed our help. Did we stand up like Joseph and say, I still see that that the in, what the enemy meant, what the enemy used you for, what the spirit used you for, that God still meant it for my good because where I'm at right now, because of the push that you gave me. Somebody missed what I just said. The spirit releases that push. Sometimes some people got to do some things or the enemy will do some things to push you into the blessing of God, push you into your destiny, push you into the place that God has for you. And it may hurt, it may hurt, it may hurt. But God said, I'm pushing you to where I need you to go. Somebody say, Lord Spirit, please push me. And not only that, in verse number nine, it says to another faith by the same spirit. These are the things that the spirit has dropped in and depositing into us. These are the gifts of the spirit and to another, the gift of healing by the one spirit. Verse number 10 and to another, the effecting of miracles and to another prophecy and to another, the distinguishing of spirits to another, various kinds of tongues and to another, the interpretation of these tongues. But one and the same spirit works in what all these things. Things. One in the same spirit. That, that means he, he connected all of these together for the advancement of the kingdom. Distributing to each one individually just as what he wills. It means it doesn't matter about your status. It doesn't matter how much money you got. It doesn't matter if you grew up in church all your life. It doesn't matter what you thought you should have been. But if God sees fit and when he sees fit to release your gift, it's not predicated upon what you think you should be. 
It's predicated on how God created and ordained and sanctioned you to be. Everybody knows one of my favorite scriptures is Jeremiah, where he said, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I formed you. I sanctified you. I consecrated you to be a prophet to the nation. What did Jeremiah say? But me, Lord? No, me, me, God, I can't talk to them. I'm a young child. But God said, I knew you before you was formed. I knew what I called you to be. I knew the mandate and the mindset that I was going to have placed inside you. And I'm using your voice to speak to the nations. Why? Because I called you to be that. No other reason, but it was his will. Just as the scripture said, he distributes to each one individually just as he wills. So, so we got to also stop being so quick to, 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 to be uh, jealous of somebody else's gift. You don't know the oil. You don't know how much they had to be crushed to pull that gift out. And a lot of times we want to be what we see somebody else being. But you don't know the hell they had to go through to mature that gift. You don't know what they had to experience for God to pull that thing out of them, for them to stand where they stand right now. I said this a lot of times. You don't know about that lady singing in the choir, and she has such a beautiful voice, and every time she sings, she's crying out. It seems like she's just simply talking to God. You don't know the hell she had to go through in her life that, that, she, that got her to this place, that every time she opens her mouth, it's a joyful noise unto the Lord because she knows what God has brought her through she knows where she's come from she knows what she's been through she knows that she was dirt and she knows where she came out of and she knows that people did not respect who she was but God chose to wrap his arms around her and pull her out of her mess pull her out of her situation pull her out of the abuse pull her out of the relationship and now what she's doing is singing and using this gift because it's his will that set her apart into this place there's this experience that, that a lot of us have. Why, why does Pastor Tom, why do I preach so hard? Because I know where I've been. I know what I've been through. I know what he's brought me through. I know when, he, when I say he brought me from a mighty long way, I'm not just being churchy when I say that. I know he brought me out of jail cells. I know he brought me from other places in my life. I know he brought me from things that, from dangers seen and unseen. I know his hand was all over my life. So when you hear the, 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 the anointing part that comes out of me, it's because I'm giving it all back to him because of what he's given to me and what he's done for me. And I can't be silent about it. I can't be silent in any form, shape, form, or fashion about this thing. Verse number 12 says, For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all of the members of the body, though they are many, are what? One body. So also is Christ. Verse number 13, For by one spirit we are all baptized into what? There's that word again. One body body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Uh, I'm constantly saying this because I need you to get this, that we are one body, even though we function different ways. We are one body. When you look at your hand, your hand can't do what your eyes do. When you look at your nose, if you can look down at your nose, but when you look at your nose, your nose does not function the same way that your feet function. And if your nose tried to function as your feet, there would be a distortion in the function of that, party, that body part. 
So we are all one body because I need you to get this. You are connected to God's people. That, that means that, yes, we may not agree because I know sometimes, and I'm not talking about nobody listening in right now, but sometimes your feet stink. <laughs> but it's still connected to the rest of your body. Sometimes your breath stinks. But it's still connected to the body as your eyes. So now if we are connected, that means we also have to take responsibility for one another. We also have to pray for one another. We also have to intercede for one another. When someone is affected in the body, we don't talk about them. We get on our knees and pray. Too much about the church of God is, is that we gossip too much about people that are going through situations in the church. We gossip too much about what they're experiencing instead of getting down on our knees and praying. We gossip. And, and in order for us to become the people that God has called us, whether it's by race, whether it's by relationship, whether it's by connection to the kingdom of God, we have to stop gossiping and stand up more and intercede. Right now, what we're dealing with in this country, if the church begins to intercede like they're supposed to, if the church begins to speak out like they're supposed to, if the church comes out of the four walls and stop worrying about the offering plate all the time, stop worrying about who's doing this and who did this, then we could see the kingdom of God advance and take authority over the land that we live in because this is still the earth and the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. The earth belongs to God. And if the earth belongs to God, that means the kingdom of God has authority to take control over it. I love Genesis 1 and 28 where it says the fowls of the air. I've given you dominion over the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, every creepy thing that crawleth upon the land. If he has given us dominion over these things, we have to stand up and begin to take authority like we're supposed to. If we're the kingdom of God, if we're the bountiful of God, if we're the blessed of of God, if we're living in abundance of God, if we are connected to God's people, then we should be able to stand up and cause things that are not as though they were. We should be able to stand up and say, not on our watch. Because if we can stand up and be the kingdom of God, then the enemy takes notice and the enemy has to surrender to what? The name of Jesus. Because the Bible says what? At the name of Jesus, demons shall tremble. At the name of Jesus, demons will flee. So if at the name of Jesus, if the Bible says that if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to what? Unto me. So now if we're promoting the name of Jesus, even in spite of racial disparity, if we promote the name of Jesus over the, the violence and the killing, not just from police brutality, but even in our own communities, if we start opening, in a, and, and I'm, not, I'm not stepping on any pastor's toes with this, if we start opening up our churches all week long, seven days a week, then we stop the hand of the enemy that when the child that needs to help, the mother that needs to help, the father that needs to help walks down the street and it's a church right there and the church is closed up until Sunday service, but they need help right now. Who are these people going to? When do we use the spirit that God has given us to reach out? to the masses other than on Sunday morning. We got to come out from amongst them. We got to be who God called us to be. We're the pillar. We're the when, when the Bible says when I look to the hills from which cometh my help, my help cometh from thee, O Lord. But when we're not there, when we're not operating and functioning 24-7 as the kingdom of God, 
When we're not operating and functioning 24-7 as the people of God, we miss the times where the enemy comes in like a flood. Where the Bible said the enemy, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard. But if we're not there to raise up that standard, how do we counteract when the enemy comes in like a flood? When, when the enemy comes in that child's life that's being molested and abused and they need somewhere to run to and there's nowhere to hope. See, the world has grabbed hold of the principles of what we're supposed to be doing the enemy does it all day long you run out the house you run from one demon into the next demon because that demon smiles at you but where's the kingdom of God in the midst of this and I'm I told you I'm not stepping on any church toes any pastor toes I'm talking about all of us as a complete body where we have to be the body where the hand reaches out the hand has to connect to the chest the chest has to connect to the body this body has to connect to the legs we all have to function and play our part you are connected to God's people not only that but you are vital what are we vital to we're going to look at these last couple of scriptures and we're going to worship. 1 Corinthians 12, starting at the 14th verse, says this. For the body is not what? One member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not the hand, I am not part of the body. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. So the foot can't simply declare that I'm not part of the body and, and because I'm not the hand. He, the foot can't do what it wants to do what the hand does and the hand can't do what the foot does unless there's a deformity. Where did I just go with that? Unless there's a deformity, unless there's something missing, if the foot is not functioning the way that it's supposed to, we seem to understand that the body adapts and uses what it has. So when the foot is cut off or the foot is amputated, what does somebody do? They learn how to walk on their hands. The hand wasn't meant to function that way. The hand may have to harden itself up instead of being soft. The hand may have to get calluses and step on some other things because it had to take the place of the body. And we see this taking place right now where we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing in the kingdom of God. So other things are beginning to take our place and stand up for us. I am not the part of the body. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if there, if the ear says, because I am not the eye, I'm not part of the, am I, I am not a part of the body. Is it not for this reason, the less part of the body for any, excuse me, for this reason, any, the less a part of the body. If it's not the eye, the ear said, <laughs> if I'm not the eye, but the ear does not have the capacity to see. Your ear, you, you may be able to be directed but it's something about your eyes that can see the color prisms, that can see the, the, the shape of objects, that can see all these things that the eyes function. But the eyes do, do not say, if I can't hear, I'm not the part of the body. The eye says, I have a function, and that's to see the vision. I, the ear says, I have a function. The ear should say, I have a function to hear the word of the Lord. The Bible says that the hand should have the function, that we can reach out and touch them and heal the sick. 
The feet have a function that it should be able to walk uh, and take us on the journey of the uh, of God. And the heart has a function because the heart is the representation of Jesus Christ pumping blood through the body and giving life to the body. The Bible says that Jesus is the head, but without the head and the brain function, nothing else can function. Without a head, no other body part can function. So we have to realize that we are all part of this one body. White part, the white part of the body, the black part of the body, the Asian part of the body, the African part of the body, the Mexican part of the body. Yes, we are all one body and we should all be functioning in the same because verse number 17 says this, the whole, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole, if the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? Ah, Jesus, if the, if the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? Verse number 18 says, but now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desires. Just as he desires. Not your will, but thy will be done. Not your will, but the will of God. And it said, if they were all one member, where would the body be? If they were all one member, where would the body be? Now, there are many members, but one body. Many members, but one body. Verse number 21 says this, And the eyes cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are what? Necessary. Uh, just because you're the mouthpiece of the ministry does not mean you're the only part of the ministry. There still needs to be that person behind the scenes. There still needs to be the vital organs on the inside. See, a lot of times we, we want to be that outward manifestation of what God is talking about. But there needs to be kidneys and lungs and, and rib cages to protect and the heart to pump the blood. There has to be uh, the, the digestive system to help the word be processed. It ha there has to be a lot of stuff on the inside. And, and just because you're not getting the promotion or you're not getting Getting the platform that you think that you should deserve. You can't, uh, you can't believe that you're not an integral part just because you're not being seen the way you think you need to be seen. You're not getting microphone time like you think you should be getting microphone time. See, that's the enemy right there because the enemy has told you that without a microphone, you have no value. But I came to tell you right now that the God that you serve said you have value no matter where you are in your life. And see, the enemy wants you to believe right now that as a young black race that we have no value but God said I created them in my image and in my likeness so they have value you're not the you're not the lesser you're not the weaker you are who I created you to be and what I created you with to be kings and queens in the earth I don't necessarily mean that you have to be the one that stands out but you can be a king and queen in your own home how about going back and raising your kids the right way how about going back and raising your family the right way how about going back and telling somebody about Jesus the right way? How about being on that marketplace and ministering in your marketplace the right way? No, you don't need the platform on Sunday morning to be a member of the body, to be an important figure of the body. But if you begin to testify of the goodness of God in your life, if you begin to testify about all that Jesus Christ has done for you, about all the saving help that he's given you, about the blood that transformed your life, I'm here to tell you right now that you will never be 
leave the weaker part of the body but you shall do a thing and it shall be established according to God's will that you shall come out from amongst them and because you are this person that God said I'm causing uh, I'm causing change in every area of your life that I can change the direction of the way things seem who who are you in this body you're not a weaker member my fingers are no weaker than my foot or my calves because if I don't have fingers even though as small as they look I can't grab this bottle of water and take a sip if I don't have fingers to turn the top on this if I don't have lips then I can't drink water yeah the lips may not play the active part the lips may not look the best but they play an active part. So does my hand. So does the length of my arms. So does the length of my legs. And, and I'm just trying to help you realize that this part that you play in the kingdom of God is vital and necessary. And the gifts that the Holy Spirit is giving you are necessary. Verse number 23 says this. And those members of the body which we deem less, what? Honorable. On these we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable. It said our less presentable members become much more presentable. And I'm, I'm just about done. But I need you to realize your digestive system. We're going we gonna to talk physically for a second, but I'm going to relate it spiritually. Your digestive system, you may think, may not be valuable at all in your life. It, it, it helps you eliminate the waste in your body. Mm -mm -mm. There are some in the kingdom of God who function and operate just like a digestive system. They call them deliverance ministries. They help eliminate the waste in your body. Mm -mm -mm. It doesn't seem like it's cute part of ministry. But they have a, a specific assignment to help eliminate the waste that you've been carrying around for so long. Uh, it, because it helps our less presentable members because there are people that have been walking around functioning in the kingdom of God but living in bondage living in despair living in hurt living in anguish for so long but the deliverance that they need comes from those that God said was in the dirt and the mess that God has built up and carried and said yeah you might not look at them and you might not see them as favorable or present but the assignment I got for them, the evangelist that I'm sending out into the crack house to deliver crack addicts, the, the evangelist that I'm sending out to the to the homes where, where, where people are homeless and living in shelters and things like that. Those are the people that, that, that I'm, I'm making sure that your ministry looks presentable. So if you are not willing to accept that there are other places and other members of the body that are just as effective as you, we need to talk. We, we really need to deal with this because there needs to be a new understanding that Jesus Christ is at the head of the church. Uh, not the name of the pastor. Not how big the ministry is. Yeah, it's wonderful to have a big ministry. It's wonderful to have 50 to 100 ministers on your staff. It's wonderful to have all of that. 
But are we working? Jesus, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not even supposed to be there. Verse number 24, whereas our more presentable members have no need of it, but God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked. So that, they may, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. That means we have to take care of one another in this. From, the, from the, those that we deem the least to those that, that seem to have the most honor from man's perspective. Because the Bible says that God gives honor to those that seem they're the least. He gives more honor. Go back real quick to verse number 24. It said, whereas, more, whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. That means they've already, they have their platform. They, they're on the outside. What does he say? But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacketh. Lacketh what? Lacketh the, the, the honor. He gives more abundant honor to them. Verse number 26 says this. And if one member suffers, mm, 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 this is what we need to get as a, as a body of Christ. If one member suffers... All the members suffer with it. When one pastor goes down, all pastors go down. When one deaconess goes down, all the church body goes down. Why? If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. <laughs> so that means the same. So if one suffer, all suffer. Well, I ain't part of that church over there. No. But you're a church. Verse number 27. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. Yes, we have an individual identity. You have your identity. I have my identity. We all have our identity. But we are all one body. And verse number 28 says this. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then the gift of healing, helps, administration, various kinds of tongues. Verse number 29 said, all are not what? Apostles. Are they? All are not prophets. Are they? All are not teachers. Are they? All are not workers of miracles. Are they? Everybody. <laughs> all do not have gifts of healing. Do they? All do not speak with tongues. Do they? Yeah, somebody going somebody to come at me for that one. But that's the word. All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll come back to that another day. But earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I show you a still more excellent way. Why? Because you are vital to God's work. You are vital to God's work and his assignment in the earth. 
No matter what your gift is, prophecy, healing, teaching, administration, the janitors at your church, the one who speaks to the men outside the church that nobody else speaks to, the one who's the marketplace minister in spite of the one that's out there right now on the picket, not on the picket lines, on the protest lines, uh, uh, promoting uh, awareness to racism, promoting police brutality, the one that's still calling on the name of Jesus no matter what. Stop sitting there trying to make everybody who you are in ministry. Why? Because God said we're all one body. We're all of one. We're all on one accord. And if we all get on one accord, could you imagine what we change? Could you imagine how things shift in the atmosphere? Could you imagine just what God can do in our lives? Bow your heads. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this time. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for your will, your purpose, and your plan. And God, as we experience you right now like never before, we ask you, God, to create in us a clean heart and a clean mind and renew your right spirit in us. For God, we, we desire to be gifted by your spirit, to use those gifts, to function in the kingdom, to function according to your will and your purpose in our life. God, we desire to chase after you like never before. Your word declares to cast all our cares on you. Take your yoke upon us, for your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And right now, God, we just ask you for an experience of knowing who you are, knowing your salvation, knowing your help. Now, God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that has not that does not know you for their saving help. I ask you, God, right now to reach out and touch them. To reach out and create in them, God, a guilt that says, what must I do to be saved? The word declares that no greater love than any man give, that any man have to, than to lay down his life for his friend. So God, right now, this morning, touch those that are fatherless, motherless, homeless. And when I mean home, God, I mean homeless as in they do not have access to the kingdom. We ask God right now that you release into them your provision, your favor, your hope, your joy, and your love. God, but first let them know that you love them so much that you sent your son to die for their sins. And God, as we continue on today, God, we ask that you allow those gifts that are on the inside of us to be manifested, God. Not for our purpose, but for your glory, for your kingdom mandate, for your kingdom assignment on us. Let those purposes be built up so much so, God, that dreams come, prophetic visions come, that they walk into places they never expected to walk into because the gift that you have instilled in them and given on the inside of them. God, we honor you right now. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. And at this portion of our service, I told y'all last week, and I'm not going to, I am not going to go, uh, go, go further than this, but it's our communion time. Amen. Amen. And, and right now, 
we are at this place in our service that to chase after you, to chase after you, God, we, we're coming after you today, right now, God. Excuse me. In this portion of our service, we're, we're, we're going to take our communion for the day. I told y'all today was going to be communion Sunday. And if you open up your Bibles to Luke, the 22nd chapter, Luke, the 22nd chapter, looking at the 14th verse, Luke, the 22nd chapter, looking at the 14th verse. It says this, excuse me, while we were preparing for communion. When the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And with that statement, the Bible says that he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he said, take this cup and share it among yourselves. For I say to you. I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the kingdom of God comes. He also on that same day, he took the bread and he said, and he gave thanks and he broke it and gave to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. But we also take a moment before we even get to taking the communion where we have to examine ourselves. Examine ourselves and make sure that we're not the ones that are betraying Christ. Make sure that we're not the ones betraying God in our lives. And at this moment, we're, we're taking a moment real quick just to simply examine ourselves. Examine ourselves to see where we're at. Examine ourselves to make sure that we're not drinking to damnation or condemnation. So I want you to take about 10 seconds, about 15 seconds to really Talk to God for yourself and examine yourself. If you need to repent for some things, this is the time that you do it. If you need to ask God to forgive you for some things, you know that your life has not been where it's supposed to be. This is the opportunity to do it. Amen. And like I said, he took the bread, the Bible says, and he broke the bread. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me as we break, as we break the bread and we may eat. It also says on that same night, once again, that he took the cup. And he said, this cup represents my blood. Which I give for you. He said, take this and share it upon yourselves. For he said, I will not drink until the day that the Son of Man has come. He said, this cup which is poured out for you is my new covenant in my blood. The new covenant that there has to be no more sacrifice. There has to be no more uh, uh, giving of lambs and sheep and oxen for the remission of your sins. He said, my blood sustains and satisfies your debts. And as much as we 
fall short of the glory of God. We know that one died on the cross. He was nailed to a cross. He was nailed. He bled. He died. After this time that he said, this is my body. This is my blood, which was given for you. He said, I give it freely. So as we take the cup and we drink of our communion, know that it's, it's the representation of his blood. There was a song that said that it reaches from the highest mountain and it flows through the lowest valley. The blood that gives us strength from day to day, it shall never lose its power. As we drink. And that night with his disciples, the Bible said they did not have a benediction, but they went out and they rejoiced. They went out rejoicing, not knowing what was getting ready to take place, but they went out rejoicing. They went out singing, singing psalms and hymns, and they, they had a good time. So my charge to you today is this. Don't let your situation cause you to stay in this place. It's time to come out and rejoice. We know all the bad stuff. We know all the hurt. We know everything that's going on. But it's time to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All the land. Make your boast in the Lord today. Love somebody. Hug somebody. Tell somebody you love them. And all I'm going to tell you is this. Live on purpose. Live for purpose. But most importantly, live in God's purpose. Be blessed. I look forward to talking to you Wednesday. Real quick, just thought about it. Join us this Wednesday as Pastor Jay begins his Bible study with us on this Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Tune in. Pastor has gets to take a sabbatical, a small break from Bible study, so I'm excited. I will be a part of Bible study, but I'm excited that we just have this opportunity to allow Pastor Jay to teach our Bible study this week. Also, get connected with us. At the bottom of our screen right now, you see a way that if you need prayer, if you need prayer for anything, that you can reach out to our ministry. We would love to have you uh, reach out to us. Also, if you're interested in getting connected with our ministry, we would love for you to get connected. Right now, also, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tie everything in as we get ready to close out. If, you, if this ministry is blessing your life with the word, we would love for you to sow into our ministry. At the bottom of your screen right now, it says, be a blessing. It says, give today via our cash app, which is LCCIMD. Or you can give online if you, if you go to our app or if you go to our website and click on the tab that says give. Um, also, we have text giving at 202 599 We would love to see you. We would love to support you. We would love to have you be a part. We love you with the love of God, and I'm going to leave you with this. Live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. I love you, and I'll talk to you later. Be blessed.